You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live, ELS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, who really haven't played a lot of games since you and I last talked to John and COVID-19 protocols, diagnoses, uh, and exposures. So the NBA, you know, definitely not having the same success kicking off this season as they had with the... Uh, obvious uh, bubble opportunity, or not opportunity, but the bubble situation down in Florida. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the season I, apparently must go on. And go on it has because there's been a big trade. <laughs> and I've barely had any time to digest this, really, to be honest with you. It's been an extremely busy day. And uh, you and I obviously had to come together and talk about this this trade, but um, the Rockets really kind of had two dancing partners. We haven't really seen Kyrie's kind of been flaking out a little bit. You and I talked about that on the last show. And uh, and now they've got, you know, a pretty big three. I mean, honestly, those three names might be the biggest three names. I don't know. Would you, would you say Miami's LeBron, Wade, and Bosch three – player you know <laughs> is better maybe <laughs> yeah. they're, they're gonna be better on the floor but are they are uh, do they compare equal? like you do you put harden above wade do you put durant on the same level as as uh lebron and then the last person is Kyrie. Versus Bosch, yeah. you know, and I think if you asked a lot of people if Bosch was better than if Kyrie was better than Bosch, they'd probably say overall, yes. Right. In terms of, of Bosch is a great player, but, you know, everything we know about Kyrie, uh, you and I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, but in terms of talent and ability and the ability to take over a game um, and and create buckets and it, you know, I think yeah you'd have to say yes defensively you'd go with Bosch but you you get where I'm going with but, this yeah but is com- it- 
Um, but isn't the issue with that making that comparison ultimately the reason why uh, the trade was made to begin with? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Personality. <laughs> I mean, look. They really get quite a mesh there of, I want the ball in my hand. Only Durant's really been able to kind of manage that in another setting, playing with players who deserve the ball in their hands as well. But even you look at somebody like Thompson – and and really, to an extent, you could take that out to Curry, too. Like, they don't necessarily have to have the ball in their hands to create the offense, right? They can – Curry can work off ball, and Clay really has for – not, not entirely, but already has. And then, you know, you had Green, and so I think that – I think that Durant fit in a little bit easier there than he will in this situation. I, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Durant wanted to leave what seemed to be a perfect situation, you know, because he wanted to go somewhere where he could be the man, right? Where he could be the guy who, who you know, really led things and, and ran things. And so he's, you know, the idea was, well, I'll team up with Kyrie and I'll have an, a, a good guy with me. But, you know, he's talking a good game. I'm buying, I'm buying into what Kyrie's saying. He's going to set me up and, you know, we're going to run this thing and we're going to have a high quality of talent. And, you know, Kyrie understands the game and blah, blah, blah. Um, and before you even talk about Harden going into this, I mean, let's remember, Kyrie has not played a game, uh, I think, in the last four games um, for undisclosed personal reasons. His coach doesn't know why, why that is, what he's doing, what's going on. He's found last night. Uh, apparently, while the Nets were playing a game, he was on a, uh, a Zoom call for the Manhattan District Attorney uh, candidate. Uh, this is so just talk about those two. That's the reason why Brooklyn had to make this deal. Brooklyn had to make this deal because they can't trust what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. I mean, we got Stephen A. Smith saying that, that Kyrie Irving should resign or should retire. So. To hold on to Durant, and that's really what I saw a lot of messaging about today, is we to hold on to Durant, the the Brooklyn Nets had to make this move. They had to make a move, and they had to get James Harden in here, warts and all, because they had to keep KD happy. And if if they can get Kyrie to figure out his stuff and figure it all out, then they they do have a big three. How weird right is now, it? They don't that, even have. They don't. Yeah. Even, they got one. And they got one guy they, they can't even count on. And that guy they can't count on <laughs> isn't James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's you the – yeah, I get it. And it's funny, too, because here is Durant re, you know, paired again with Harden. But I don't even know oh, – it didn't seem like Oklahoma City really knew how to get Harden and Durant and – and uh and Westbrook to be able to play together, right? So how is this going to work? Is it because they're more mature, because they're older? It, but Or was it Westbrook needed to have the ball in his hands all the time too? You know, because he's definitely a ball-dominant, you know, lead guard scorer too, right? Yeah, so I, I don't think that fell out because of not enough touches. I think that fell out because, you know. Salary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had to – Presti decided he had to make a move preemptively 
on Harden, and they had already re-signed Perk. And so instead of saying, well, you know, we're going to give, you know, Harden, I want to say it's like $15 million a year. They wanted to go as high as 12 when they were already giving Perk 8 And so they said, well, we can't afford that. And so they dealt him because they didn't want to pay the, the luxury tax. Boy, and then that was, you know, the beginning of the end. Now, yeah. having said that, in year whatever that was, four, I think, you know, maybe he doesn't become James Harden if he stays there. You know, maybe, maybe. No, the you're right. He's KD. too stifled. And then he, yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Katie and, and uh, Westbrook, they end up coming to blows over their, you know, personal, their styles of play, perhaps not, not uh, meshing well. Uh, you know, I can't imagine James Harden, if, if he was in year four, year five, year six, uh, knowing what was bubbling under the surface and what we saw maybe supersized version of that in Houston, I can't imagine it was going to fit for a long time. Uh, but now having gone to Houston and been able to do literally whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted to do it. Now you got to throw him into Brooklyn. Yet Katie who has is coming in with expectations, trying to prove himself coming off the Achilles. We got Kyrie doing, I don't know what, um, I mean, in terms of pure talent, I think you're right. I think you could argue it's it's better than the the Miami Heat team of uh, of 2000, you know, 10, you know, 10, 11. Pure talent wise, yeah. yeah, maybe not roster balance. No, you know, maybe not uh, the ability to play well together in the sandbox, but definitely in terms of pure talent. That's really where I was going yeah. with that. You're right. And um, what's interesting too about this is from the Nets side, you just didn't they just learn this lesson? Like you've heard me use this quote a few times. You know, I like to like to make fun of of my buddy, you know, George Bush. Uh, <laughs> and fool me once, uh, shame on uh, you. Fool me twice, can't fool me again. Uh, but apparently with the Nets, <laughs> That's right. apparently with the Nets, you can. <laughs> All the like, picks. All the picks. Give them all, all away, man. Give all the picks away. We're desperate. <laughs> we're desperate. Take them, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter because if this doesn't work out, this team isn't going to stay in Brooklyn. <laughs> They're going to kick us out of here, right? Seriously, though, they just dug out of that hole. And this looks on paper like what a way to dig out of the hole. And But, I mean, just look at the record. Look at how they're struggling. And this they have the talent to survive the lack of a training camp factor. Plus, they were all around each other last year, even if they weren't playing. So it's not even a chemistry or a whatever. And one of the players that they dealt in this deal was a big reason uh, for how they overachieved last year. Remember how we would talk all the time? Like, man, we're going to play the Nets. And even though they're kind of a 500 or – a little bit lingering, a little bit below 500 squad, and we're clearly the better team. They have a chip on their shoulder against Boston. They give us fits, and they're kind of a younger team on the rise, and they manage to to pull that together without the picks. Maybe that's what emboldened them to just completely mortgage the future here, uh, in addition to what you said where they clearly had to make a move to keep KD happy if this is – if this was going to be, you know, the Batman to his Robin or vice versa, depending on 
<laughs> how the egos are battling that one out. I, I don't. And what is, what is Kyrie in that case? You know, is he is he Commissioner Gordon? Is he uh, he's <laughs> the Riddler? <laughs> I don't know. King Tut. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. The Riddler. I don't know. He is definitely the Joker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. He is the Joker. He's I, a midnight toker or something's uh, going oh, on. Wow. But I'll, I, so this is what I'll say, yeah. mostly about the picks. I feel like I realized that the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade was four picks, and then, but one of those was a swap, right? Wasn't it three? Uh, swap? I thought there were two swaps, right? Wasn't, there, oh, wasn't yeah, it? two swaps. So yeah. if you look at this, I feel like, not only did they do the same thing, they did it bigger <laughs> yeah, for one did. player. And I it worked out so young. well last time. <laughs> Forty. It's but, really it's shocking. Uh, but shocking. you know what I you know what I would say though, like okay, I'm gonna take their side of it a little bit and say, okay, what are the chances that you're gonna get in Darren Williams, a guy who is probably the second best point guard in the league, maybe the the best point guard in the league. Uh, I mean, they had a collection of talent and they brought in some vets to kind of support those guys. And it just didn't work. Uh, I think that's going to work out more times than it's not going to work out. Honestly, I think what, you know, and, and yes, the, the picks kind of fell in Boston's favor, but in spite of that, Brooklyn kind of did their own rebuild uh, a little bit delayed from Boston's rebuild. But, you know, they were able to get LeVert. They were able to get uh, Jared Allen. They were able to turn, you know, they were they made themselves into uh, that team that the Celtics were in 2013-14 and 2014-15. You know, that's who the, the Brooklyn Nets were the last two seasons. Yeah. You know, before, before Kyrie and, and, well. Before the three. players made their moves. Exactly. As picks. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, so, I'm not saying – they Once figured they it out. Went, they found yeah. a way around it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. This is, but this is deeper though. Like you said, this is a this is a deeper push. This is four years, or you know, this is uh, let's see, three three years into the future, or three first rounders, 22, 24, 26, and then they have the swaps. So I mean, they will get players in those drafts. There are but, seven picks yeah. that are involved in either swap right. or. Uh, or just totally giving them up, which means that their draft position, you know, for a long time is really impacted, right? So sure. 21 is a swap, 22 is a loss, 23 is a swap, 24 is a loss, 25 is a swap, 26 is a loss, 27 is a swap. So if this thing falls apart, God forbid for them, Durant, like imagine this scenario. Kyrie flakes out, whatever happens, retires, who knows, right? Let's say he's not in the mix two years from now. Totally a possibility. What if Durant gets re-injured? Those, and, I, and I get it. It's a lot of what-ifs, but it's not really that that's big of a deal. That's not that crazy. It's yeah, not that crazy because Durant crazy. just came back from a significant yeah. injury, yep. and Kyrie – after talking the big game, which is what I've told everybody, like I've got a buddy who's uh, down here and, and is a huge 76ers fan, and he and he's like, his actually he even told me he's like his his son was going into his fantasy draft, and 
uh, he's like, yeah, I told my son what you said about Kyrie, and you obviously don't know what I said specifically. But, I have an idea. But you know what I've said. <laughs> and, I have a pretty good idea what you told him. <laughs> you know, and yes, I'm sure that he had to uh, censor that for his son, but his son went into the fantasy draft and purposefully avoided Kyrie Mark because did. of what I said Mark. to his dad. Yes. Yeah. And then he's like, so then he didn't tell me that until Kyrie started flaking out recently. But he's like, man, he's exactly what you said he was. And I was like, very well known fact amongst the media. And you, everybody's like, oh, stop picking on him. And it's like, nah, pretty sure that it's pretty legit. And and so you, now he's starting to see it. And uh, you know what the ironic part is? I could not attend my fantasy draft, so guess who the computer selected for no me? No way. <laughs> yeah, and I think oh. it's because it's a, it's a Celtics fans-based fantasy draft. I'm sure they all put block on him, and I, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even think of it. So, I mean, I could have gotten him in the sixth round for all I know, but. <laughs> Well, irony of this situation. It, truly, truly, truly so. I look. I I think that he is. Um, that's the big. I mean, Kyrie is the biggest question. He was the biggest question before the trade. He's the biggest question after the trade. How do you? How does anyone play? First of all, how does anyone play with James Harden? Right? How does he share the ball at all? Kyrie, KD, you know, Michael Jordan, whatever, Will Chamberlain. I think that there's a real question there, regardless of whoever he plays with. But does Kyrie? How does Kyrie respond to this? And there, were, you know, there was some reporting today. He's unhappy. He was upset that the Nets didn't didn't listen to him in terms of who to hire for co- the coach of the team. Um, you know, I think effectively, and I, I'm going to read into this. Uh, effectively, what I saw is that he's upset that uh, he. KD's guy was well. I think I think (laughs) KD's guy got picked. I think KD got his guy, and I think Nash. You think? Yes, because Nash worked with worked with Golden State a little bit. Um, so I think that's that was more of a Nash, more of a KD pick, certainly than a Kyrie pick. And Kyrie apparently was looking for Ty Lue, uh, someone who he had comfort with from obviously his Cleveland days. So I think that there's that has a lot to do with it. Um, but that's obviously before the trade. So now, I mean, what do you have, right? What do you, from a Celtics perspective now, what do we have? We've got KD, who is a supremely talented player, but just going off of what we've seen from other guys who have, who've had Achilles issues, it seems to not stop there. So, uh, you've got that. You've got, I think, what will be a chemistry uh, experiment between how everyone will share the ball. Not sure who's going to defend. I mean, think of how much defensive intensity was on that Nets team on Christmas Day. That's all mm-hmm. gone now. That's yep. gone. Yeah. By Jared Allen, by Torian Prince, by Karis Levert, in place James Harden, who's who has filled YouTube with you know Olay defense uh, clips. <laughs> and, you know, so. I like I, I don't they are see gonna it. have to outscore the opponent at the at the end of the yeah. day. You know what else is interesting? Just if you really you can almost break down the Celtics top three players 
against these guys too. Cause just think about this for a second. Uh, the, what were all the conversations? If the Celtics were to trade for Harden, who is the centerpiece, right? It's, it's Jalen Brown. And we're all like, hell no, hell no. You know, with, and most Celtics fans, not all, but most. Um, then you go and you say, remember when the Celtics wanted to get KD? You know, what pick was likely going to get shuttled out? with that if they were to do like some sort of a sign and trade or however that was going to play out. Right. Who would have gone, who, what pick do you think that would have been? It would have been Tatum. And then you've got Kyrie walks out and who does Danny replace him with? He replaces him with Kemba Walker. If this does go anywhere in the postseason, even if it's early somehow, it'll be a ton of fun because you've got that kind of youth or attitude movement <laughs> and and then you're matching it up against these guys and they almost match up by position too Harden and Brown Tatum and KD and uh, Kemba and, and Kyrie it's there's actually some interesting you know kind of storyline there maybe it's a little underneath the surface but there's one thing they don't have though they don't have a smart they don't have, <laughs> they don't have any of the smarts. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah no they don't but you know seriously I mean I, again my trip to the that that Rockets game you know the my my mind's eye is absolutely on that play of of the the charge that or the two charges that Smart drew on Harden and certainly Harden is a great player and he'll get his points uh, in this division playing against the Celtics but you know there's the Celtics have people to throw at the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of teams won't have options. Um, the question now is for the Celtics, what else do they have? Um, you know, can they get those other pieces uh, to match so they ha- they also have a bench? You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is is is, uh, is out for the rest of the year, but but he's going to be a piece there. I think they're going to want to hold him. They have Joe Joe Harris. You know, Joe Harris certainly can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think the part of this is they're just going to be thin. It, well, they're just going to be for now. Play a lot of minutes, yeah. For now, but but you know, as we're kind of now, this is the beginning of trade season in a way, and you look at it and you say, okay, Philly didn't do the deal. You know, they didn't give up Ben Simmons and Tybal. Uh So my feeling is the reason. Which is a I, huge argument to be made that right. Houston made the wrong decision here, but perhaps they, you know, so apparently they wanted to have Maxi thrown in the deal. Uh, and and that I don't know if that was <laughs> the actually season, had a huge but, game while everybody was out with COVID. So absolutely, that yeah. probably made that even more of a point of emphasis or contention, depending on how you want to look at it. But if you're Philly, do you give up everything for Harden, who's 32 and clearly not in great shape? Uh, as someone who's not in great shape, I I know firsthand what that means. Yeah, uh, and then. You know, on the other hand, you look at Brad Beal. So Brad Beal, who's lighting it up, going crazy. Uh, again, another uh, unfortunate uh, COVID situation, uh, thanks to his involvement with Jason Tatum there last week. Um, but regardless, he's still going to get his buckets and he's still going to play well. That's somebody who, at least in terms of culture, uh, putting him next to an Embiid uh you can. That's a little bit of an easier, I think, uh, uh, trade to stomach, perhaps, than to go for James Harden and, 
you know, not as good of a player. I mean, certainly not as productive, you know, traditionally. But, I mean, at this point, would you take a 27-year-old Bradley Beal or would you rather have a 32-year-old James Harden, given what you've seen, you know, the last month? Which would you pick, Justin? Oh, I'd definitely go with Beal. He's bananas right now. Me too. He's, yeah. he's bananas right now. And he's a great defender. You know, the defense matters in the postseason and uh, everybody knows it. So it, if that's what if that's what you're dealing for, then that's what you got to go for. Right. You got to have got to have two way players. That's another reason why not to give up Jalen Brown in any kind of a deal. Right. Well, and that's the right. And so, oh, Danny didn't get in this one. But can you blame him? <laughs> I mean, really, if you're being serious, can you blame him after seeing what Jalen Brown's done over the last month? And you see what, what I mean. And he gets no better every year. He but, gets better every yeah, year. Yeah. Can't shoot the three. Switch, switch, switch. And and look how efficient this season is. Right. And you not know, by a yeah. little bit either. Not by a no, little bit. No, it's a big jump. You know? And there's less offensive weapons out on the floor with him when he's doing it. Yeah, I, I, I he is the know. quietest 20 uh, north of 20, almost 30 points per game player in the league. He gets them so quiet. There's been probably I can really only remember one game and it was the the one where he went bananas with all the three pointers. Right. That's the only one that really sticks out to me. Oh, he is the number one option in this game. He's killing it. Most of the other games, he just, you know, well, works, works it in. He that just last, works it in. That last game against, you know, Wash against the Wizards, right? 27, yeah. 13, and 5 with two steals. Five turnovers, yes, no doubt. So not a great turn, assist to turnover ratio, but a plus 21 in 37 minutes. It's disgusting. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, not too bad for for a youngster. All right. Well, we we need to. You were gonna go somewhere a minute ago, but before we do that, the NFL regular season is all over. We are into the playoffs or out of the wild card round, and we are full bore. That picture getting clearer. Teams are dropping off, and there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. A couple of great playoff games coming up. You've got Saints and Bucks, so you've got some older quarterbacks, some stalwarts of the league that probably will never face each other again. In uh, Drew and Tommy Boy, the Saints have had the Bucks number. Is this going to be the game where the Bucks get over the hump and continue in the postseason and Tom has the last uh-huh. laugh? Or does the regular season play out in the postseason and sees the Saints advance? And then you've got the Battle of the Young Bucks. And this one in the Eastern, uh, or uh, yeah, the AFC, thank you. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> basketball. In the AFC, you've got Ravens and Bills. So you've got Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, two very exciting 
young quarterbacks. Josh Allen, not looking like he really had it all together last season, but this season, it's a whole different story. And so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And John, you were talking about the beginning of trade season and filling out the bench. And I know I kind of took us by way of Philly back to this conversation, but maybe uh, maybe you can kind of tee that up a little bit about how you think all that's going to play out with rounding out the benches. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I look at where we are right now and, and the question is, it's starting, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, with Brooklyn making a, a strong play, you know, there's obviously they're, they're going all in. And I, as I said, I think they had to. Uh, because without um, <laughs> without knowing what Kyrie's doing, they had to do something. But now it's now you look at all the rest of the East, right? What do you do now? Uh, Brad Beal is the guy who's sitting out there for all of them. But you know, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, uh, Indiana obviously did their deal um, to get Levert and swap him out for Oladipo. Um, I really don't think the rest. I mean, Miami is four and five. They've been struggling. Uh, I thought they might take another look at Harden, too. And Toronto is the bottom of the pack. So the East playoff picture is you know, pretty similar to last year, apart from, from notable exceptions. But you know, this TPE is still sitting out there. Um, unfortunately, Orlando really hasn't has started to fall back. I don't know if this is going to be sustained or not, but uh, that's really what I think the Celtics were waiting for, is when Orlando starts to fall back and they've lost their last three, um, that's when, you know, I think there's a lot of players on that roster that, uh, seem to fit for, a um, into that, that TPE. Um, uh, but you know, now you look at Houston, Houston's going to be a seller, you know, you're looking at all the sellers and where are they in the race? What are they looking to do, uh, with, uh, Westbrook out the next three to four weeks is Washington really going to want to do much. Um, so it may not be that the Celtics get the top tier guy on any of these teams, but it's it's the vet it's the players around them, you know, it's the PJ Tuckers, it's the um, Aaron Gordons, the the you know Terrence Rosses. Those are the guys that I think we see that this team, the Celtics, are going to build around. The, the top of the ticket is the top of the ticket. There aren't many shots to go around beyond Tatum Brown and and Kemba. And also, we heard that Kemba's coming back. So it was due to come back on Friday. We don't know what that yeah, will happen. Postponing some of these games, you know, helps. It really it should help. Let's say that it should help. But it was allowing Brown and Tatum to really emerge as the two star tandem. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, we have to acknowledge the potential chemistry impact on that dynamic when Kemba comes back and he's not a selfish player. So he's not Kyrie when he comes back. If anybody is going to allow those, those kids, so to speak, uh, to continue on that, um, it'll be Kemba. He'll find a way to be unselfish, but he's still going to get his shots. And I think Brad's going to want it to be that way because they're definitely going to need it in the postseason. I just hope we don't see a big dip because I really feel like what I've been pining for those two to be one a and one B 
uh, all these years and hoping that it would happen is really starting to materialize before our eyes. I mean, they're right now they're averaging 19 and 21 shots a game. Um, 40. Yeah, 40 between the two of them, right? And so the teams, the team is averaging. I'm just uh, they're averaging 88 a game. So you know, almost a little, a little. Uh, you know, a little less than a quarter of all the team's shots are, are being put up by Tatum and Brown. Now, how does Kemba eat into that? Right? That's the, Teague. To me. <laughs> well, sure. No, really, though. How many shots has Teague put up per game? Six. Almost seven. That's not that bad. So, I mean, just to, I mean, just to, I mean, Smart's at 10, which to me is a good Too number, much. frankly. I, yeah. I don't think that's so. I think that's bad. a good number to me. Tristan Thompson six, Peyton Pritchard six, Tice six, Teague six point eight, five for Grant Williams, five for Semiogele, four for Rob Williams, three point seven for Javante, four for Net Neesmith. I mean that that's on a per game basis. So you know there's some games you know obviously Neesmith plays has played three games. You know, that's not a big deal to say he's got four shots because they're all coming, garbage. It's coming from Ojale. Some of it is coming from the Ojale. Uh, Neesmith isn't going to be getting any shots, most likely. Um, sure. Because Smart, cause Smart's going to slide over to shooting guard, right, in that starting lineup. I think and so. Then, and then he's going to yeah. steady things with the bench, and he'll probably play alongside Teague you know, while Kemba's out kind of a deal. So with that, in, you know, and some of it will come from smart as a result of that too. So smart's probably going to drop down one or two shots a game. And then how many total did Neesmith, Ojale and, um, well, see, that's oh, and, when, and when green. you get, and yeah, green. When, you, when you get to like Javante and Neesmith, Taco, Tremont, I mean, those guys, it's, They've only played three games, you know, each. So it's like it's kind of a misnomer to use. Well, no, those. you can't take the yeah, but you can't take the ones from from like Taco and all of that. But you can from from Neesmith because the way that Brad has moved around with giving extra minutes, you know, like Ojale played one game and got a bunch of shots, but then didn't play the next. Right. And yeah, what, but he hasn't. But I'm saying Neesmith hasn't really played at all. I mean, like he hasn't played outside of garbage time at all, I think. Yeah, but he's still not. But the shots are still going to go to Smart. Maybe you know we can't take them from Smart. A couple, a couple of whatever comes from Smart, and basically yeah. you know goes. Smart's going to take away again from those guys. That's kind of my point. Their lack of playing time that will happen. Oh sure, I get it. I get what you're saying. Shit. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So how many do they have? Like that just basically tells us how many get to come from the bottom of the lineup back to the top of the lineup without without really yeah, influencing but, your top eight. But that's what I'm saying. Like if if they're only like it's kinda of hard to even use that as a as a thing because it's still quantifiable if it's per game. Yeah, oh, but I everyone else saying. has played eight you're, games and they've I played three. You're not so averaging it's... it out over all games. That's the oh. average per game of the three they played in. Right. Right. So really you have to look at the the rotation to me. Of like Rob Williams and up the top ten, you know, and you say okay, take the shots per game times the number of games, add them all together for that group and divide it by eight, and we probably get 
we probably get a lot closer to a true number. Yeah, but it's still like not not many. Uh, Eleven, twelve—it's like forty. It's probably fifty between the four of them. Five shots a game. Yeah, but no, 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 because that's five. That's fifty shots total. Right, divided by eight games. Yeah, but then divided by five because it's five of them. Yeah, but they're gonna get. But my point is, they're gonna. I'm not trying to get their shots per game over the eight. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the total shots per game. If their playing time is reduced significantly, what's the total not? Well, they'd average one basically each. Right, but they're not all gonna keep playing every game. Those five guys are probably gonna get replaced. I get what you're saying. We should. We should probably not talk about this because it's. I think it's just not gonna go as far as it's five shots per game. I, I know it's not it's not five shots per game. Well, yes, it is five shots. It per is. Game. It's five. But shots it's all per garbage game. time that Kemba wouldn't be playing. Regardless, regardless. Anyway, anyway, because I, yeah, we're, everyone's. I'm hearing that the the everyone's saying like no. Dude, you've got to uh, find twelve shots per game for Kemba, and so yeah. those guys are just not going to play as much. You could say garbage time, and that'll maybe that'll lower everybody's if they're that dominant. But if you're gonna look, you're, if you're gonna pull shots from, you're pulling from people who are in the rotation. Like you're not gonna worry about the bottom of the bench. You're gonna say, okay, Peyton Pritchard six shots, that's not happening. You know, Tice isn't getting six shots. Teague's not getting sure as hell not getting six point eight. You know, th- those are the guys I think that you're gonna lose, and I think Taylor and Brown are gonna lose at least a couple shots each, if not three shots. Three, you know, three or so. So there's a way to get to 12, but it gets tougher, you know, for sure. You know, 12, 15 shots. That's, you know, and then there's the whole thing of he's probably not going to play back to backs. So you're going to have, I don't even want to make, say use use the name, but he well, who must not be named. The shots, you know, we had those those games where we're only going to count shots. And then we play one way, play. and then when he would play, we play a different way. So there, there is going to have to be this kind of back and forth stuff, which might be a little bit frustrating. But I think overall, I mean, look, it's it's a huge plus. I'll, I'll say, I'll down. say this, it is. But I'll say this, if he if he can't play on consecutive nights, I know this is going to sound horrible, and there's no way they're going to do it. But they really ought to consider having him come off the bench then, because the bench rotation is the one that's going to keep getting screwed up anyway. Why mess with the starting rotation? If he can't play every night, you're not developing any real chemistry anyway. You just keep screwing with the bench player rotation. And that's a problem, especially for a young team. You know, I'd almost rather he go in there and play with those young guys until, you know, he's 100 percent. It's, you know, it's I want to see that double big starting lineup go away as fast as possible. The issue with that is, one you almost have to do it at some point to play Thompson and Tice or Williams and Tice together just so you can get all three of them in the game. That's what am that's I going to, what am I going to get my dream lineup? I don't even care if it's off the bench, but can I please it's, it's Pritchard yeah. and smart and Brown and Tatum and Rob Williams. That that's, I just want to see that for five minutes. Just give me that for I, five minutes. I think you would have seen it without the COVID, you know, stuff. I think you would have seen it over the last week, but that oh! by the way, 
side, COVID. you know. Yeah, I know, right? I yeah, it's like I mean, Newman on Seinfeld. Yeah. Newman. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's oh, ever present. It's always hiding and lurking in the background to yes. ruin your party. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next thing you know, you yeah. know, he's in a completely different movie with a bunch of dinosaurs. What the hell? Yes. Or or Space Jam. He's in Space Jam too. You know? Newman was in Space Jam. Sure, sure he was. Wow. Old famous I, Wayne Knight. I gotta tell you, I actually didn't watch that movie. Ever. I didn't either. Well, you were, you see, that's a that's a generation before us. That tells you how old we are, folks. Right there. Good point. You know, it, that, th- there's those who saw Space Jam and those who didn't, and we were just too old. Fortunate for that. enough. What? It's a little creepy. It's a little <laughs> creepy when you're in your 20s, early, you know, late teens, to like, I want to go to the movie theater and watch a Looney Tune movie with uh with uh with, with Michael Jordan in it. See, I know Larry's in it, but I just I couldn't do it. Anyway, oh, that my. was the version. I I they're gonna find a way to get to get Kemba his shots. I, but I see exactly what you're saying because I was thinking about that. I'm like, boy, that's gonna be a real a real trouble to like. Now maybe it's more often than not, and it's, there's just the oddball game once every couple weeks. If it's that's more often bad. than not, that's no big deal. I don't mind managing minutes, right? You know, and and keeping his knee healthy. That's I don't have a concern with that. This is not, you know, this is not the Kyrie deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get and and I. I, I get it. He wants to play, and we need him to be 100% in the postseason. We can't have the balky knee that we had that impacting his shot because if he's not really an offensive weapon, then he's a lot. It's, and, and the reason for him not being an offensive weapon is also the reason for him being a defensive liability. It's no good. Yeah. So I want to keep him fresh. I'm just saying they're having plenty of success. Let's keep that regular season success and let him do something that could be truly valuable until he's he's stable in the starting lineup and they and they know it and they're confident. Now here's here's another way to get more shots. And I'm gonna channel the Are we gonna do some math again? No, 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 no. I'm just gonna channel the one and the only Tommy Heinsohn. Run. Run, Walter, run. Right. That's what they gotta do. I don't know that that's going to be any good for Kemba's they've knee. Got, I know, but they've got Teague, Tristan Thompson, and and Kemba. That's it. Everybody else is young. Yeah, run, baby. Like they're twentieth yeah. in pace. Like I know part of it is they're they're thin. You know, they don't want to. You know, they're trying to get as much as they can out of Damon Brown. But when they have Kemba, that should take the pressure off. So if if Pritchard is coming in, he's running point. In those in those non Kemba minutes, then they've got to push the pace. Try yeah. to get those those shots per game up, so people feel like they're touching the ball, they're getting their opportunities, and that might alleviate some of this pressure too. Um, because I th- I want to see them go away from that double big, but I don't think they can do that unless they make a trade and they add another wing um, who can try to fully. F- fill out that starting lineup. I think part of the issue of the starting lineup is because they don't have five, really five starters, starting quality guys. And they're starting a guy who's a starting quality big, but he's playing the wrong position that he's not a starting quality player at. That right. Tice is not a power forward. No. So he could be a starting quality center, but they don't have, a, they don't have enough starting quality power forwards. So 
unless they make that deal for the TPE and they add another wing, so they're either moving tight, you know, Tatum up to the power forward or or somebody who's a, a, a pure power forward, they're stuck with that lineup, I think, unless they can put Kemba there and then, you know, and then they got to figure out, though, how they're going to get enough minutes for the, all these bigs. Because I don't want to see Rob Williams on the bench. I don't want to see him hiding out. Some of their best numbers this year have been with Williams and Tatum on the court. That's been some of their best their best uh, on-off stuff. So they've got to keep playing him. I don't want to see them go away from that. And, and that's how you get some of those lineups you were talking about. You know, the, the, the Pritchard, Williams, uh, Tatum, Brown, and Smart lineups. You know, you've you got to have them out there. He's He's the future. You know, you want him to be the future at least. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. No, no, no. That wasn't a bad ah. Uh, but that was uh, it's that tough. was that was that would be fun ah. Uh, you know, it would that's be, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he can figure it out, but he's got to play through it. Season anyway. It's not even like the bubble. It's Bizarro season. So bizarre. Well, well, what the hell? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I I'd like to see, but. But I, you know, talking about where we were before, they've got if they do make a trade, this is this is kind of the to me the by bringing Kemba back, I think the the starting lineup issues somewhat go away. But they do highlight the the issue that we have there's not enough room for all these big men and and not, and not enough wings. And even if uh, you know Romeo comes back and is playing dynamite. I'm still not sure they have enough wings. I, I know they don't have enough wings. You know, and right now, I mean, think about when, when all this COVID stuff and all the protocol and they were going to play on Sunday, you know, it was like Neesmith was the only wing available to play. It was all <laughs> it was all guards, Taco, and, uh, and Tice, and that was it. Boy, you know what? We didn't talk about Taco, though. Boy, I mean, that game, yeah. that game was just like, wee. You know, nice job, guys. Nice job. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just fun to see him pull it off. And I, but Taco was was better than expected by by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that he would look great against a team that had really mobile centers. I mean, no. Thomas Bryant, obviously, you know, unfortunately he got hurt, but but not exactly the most mobile guy out there, but. You know, I think that, you know, I thought he acquitted himself well, you know. Um, I don't know how he would have looked against Miami on Sunday. That would have been interesting. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, hey, that's, that you know, that's kind of the fun part of it. Is I, you know, what the other thing I'd say about Taco is that you can tell he has worked hard. Like yeah. there was a there was a part where they're were, they were on the break and he's running and I saw and I'm like, He's really he's no I mean he's always he was always trying last year but yeah, but he, he was, just wasn't in shape enough yeah he was really moving like he yeah. was getting up and down the court uh, for a and, big guy with really long legs absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean, last year he could barely get up and down uh, and I, I, I credit to him for for working hard whose article was it was it was it was it was it John Corrales's article somebody was quoting the fact that. He had uh, been working a lot, or maybe they actually quoted Taco. They were working. Jay Laranega was working with him extensively mm-hmm. on guard type drills 
to mm. get him, you know, more comfortable uh, with all that and getting him better at ball handling because they do so much, you know, in the in the you know up top. Uh, for dribble handoffs and everything to invert the offense. You know, there's elements of the Princeton going on all the time with Boston's probably even back to Doc, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've seen those little pieces always. And I guess maybe in today's game in general, you see lots of it really because everybody is so mobile. But they're like, listen, this is the way the game's played. So you got to figure out how to do this. But it's great that they, you know, put somebody with him that was going to invest in him that way. It was it was uh, Corrales did write that piece for yeah, Mass Live before he left Mass Live. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, so he he left what at the end of December? Was yeah. that the deal? Yep, yep. He's a free agent, he says. So um, I don't know if who whose cap has enough room to sign him, but uh, someone should snap him up, I'm sure. But uh, they got to trade three first round picks, and they got to swap the other <laughs> four. <it. laughs> shoot <laughs> no it's it's crazy i it's it's totally crazy um yeah so uh, it's just that that trade just it hangs over everything we're talking about here it's wild uh, i but, mean uh, it could have literally been the full hour of this show i mean i we're pretty close we have maybe five minutes left anyway so yeah but yeah. but but still yeah it could have been the whole show <laughs> kind of was the whole show <laughs> absolutely absolutely all uh, right what else do we got what have we missed a topic that i mean we haven't had really i think we've had that one or maybe two games since the last time we came together yeah i know i think so the one thing that one piece that uh that did come out uh of that is that boston uh zach Lowe reported and i think others reported as well uh, Woj, uh boston wasn't trading jalen brown sources say uh, this is in Zach Lowe's latest piece. I, I think Woj was quoted as saying that that Jalen is as, as close to untouchable um, as anyone. So that definitely confirms. I'm so happy to hear it. What? Yeah, yeah. It confirms, I think, how the fans feel. I think that's how you and I feel. Um, and for a while. It's good. I mean, I Absolutely. didn't even want to trade him or Tatum for Anthony Davis. I was out on all I of know. it. I know. I know you were. Yeah, I was. I was on the other side of it. I was. Well, I was. I didn't want to move Tatum, but but yeah, I would have. I would have done it for Anthony Davis for sure. Um, and you know, who knows what would have happened there. But that's yeah. I, I so that's, that's good to hear. Uh, and so it doesn't seem to me that 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 Bradley Beal is a guy they'd look at um, moving Jalen Brown for either. No. So. Um, because that's the next guy and that's the next, you know, kind of big push. And if, if, you know, looking at the Celtics, if they're sitting back and they say, okay, if with the way Brown is growing his offensive game, the way Tatum is, is, you know, clearly is scratching the surface of, of his superstardom, uh, what, what's next? And to me, like what, what's next is, they need the guys behind them. They need that that third, yeah, fourth, just fifth star. It, and they're going to they have opportunity. They're going to have the opportunity to do that that they didn't have two years ago when they had too many vets and everybody, everybody fighting about shots. They didn't have it. They really didn't do it last year. Um, I think in part because I don't think the team was 
balanced in the right way to take advantage of that. But I would put some of that on 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 Brad Stevens. I think they're set up this year for those players to succeed uh, and to have opportunities to take roles and and capture them, whether it's Peyton Pritchard, whether it's uh, um, Romeo Langford. I think Grant has had those opportunities. He lost them. Now he's coming back into them. I think we saw, you know, certainly Shemi Ojale has seemingly kind of grasped his opportunity. He's actually starting to look like a guy who can move and dribble and pass and do more things than just stand in the corner. Um, And that's a mental thing, not a physical thing. Uh, Those and Rob Williams. So you take those three, four guys of drafts of recent years that have been kind of hung around Danny's neck over the last, you know, three, four years. And if those guys start to show here in the next, you know, month, two months that they're NBA players, then I think we have a very different conversation. You start trading Jalen Brown now for the next guy. You know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But no, we know, you know we what have. you have. Leave now. it alone. Yeah. Right. And you have chemistry that's hard to develop. And you have them locked up on contracts. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what? You just thought have, of something you wanted to say. That was hilarious. No. Well, what you were saying, the, the long-term contract thing. Yeah. Um, the day of the, the nonsense, right? The 6th. And uh, insurrection, whatever. I won't get into all that. But so on that night, Jalen and Jason spoke to the media together, uh, you know, because they had a statement before the game. And, they, you know, they had they kneeled before the game against Miami and they did the whole thing. And then they spoke together. And I think that that was really, really interesting because. Yeah, because we really haven't seen that. Everybody. No. everybody because they've never been like I don't know if this is the right word because they've never really been broy. Yes. Everybody is yes. like, oh, but you know, are they really, yep. you know, gonna be together? You know, so it's a really good point. It's a really good point. I didn't They're, catch that. It, yeah, I mean, and and that's you know that's two leaders. That's and I'm sure that's Jalen going to Jason and be like, hey, we should do this together. And Jason's not somebody who puts himself out there. He's not someone who, I mean, I think he has strong beliefs. I think he's shared those at times. And, you know, I, I believe he's. Yeah, but he's not out that. to be what Jalen is. Absolutely not. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Culturally or, you know, in society or as. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he supports it. I don't think he disagrees with it, but, it, but it's just like. Jaylen yeah, but he doesn't does want to be the figurehead. He doesn't want to. Right. Yeah. Jalen does Jalen, Jason does Jason. They do their own things. But the one thing, um, what was it? Uh, the question, I'm trying to remember who was that was interviewed. It was right near the start of the season or whatever. And somebody asked them, what's something you didn't know? And they, and I can't remember who it was. It was one of the younger players or something. And they said, I didn't realize how close Jason and Jalen are. Which I thought was really interesting. Probably because, Teague. Like, it might have been Teague, yeah. I think it might have been. Because... We don't. That's not the the perception that we have on the outside. You know, with all the Instagram pictures, you know, they kind of do their own thing. But again, I, I always say this. Like every three shows, I do this, and it's just like that is what is the future of this team. Like if those two guys get along and it works, then we're set. We're good. You know, we just need the stuff around them. Yeah, we just need them it. to not make you know? the mistakes that we. All the mistakes that we talked about with 
all of those players earlier in the show. The Westbrook battles, the you know, and Durant and and all of that. If that could just not happen here, I think everybody would be really happy for the next maybe fifteen years. Absolutely. And you I just seeing those two guys up there, I'm like, okay, that's that doesn't happen all the time. They do it when it's important. They do it when it's Pierce needed. and KG used to do it. Yeah, but that was like, remember that but was not the, for yeah. Remember so. that was like the thing though, right? Remember they didn't want to put one person in the in the spot. That's, right? that's why it was. That's what I'm only reinforcing. Right. The point. Yeah. And like the one moment I think of every time when I think of that. They were so <laughs> in each other's camp, man. <laughs> that's Clark Kent right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, dude. Uh, yeah, I, that's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, they're very, di- and, and like, okay, boy, we, we do this like once a show now where we go back and we say, we're sat, we're, this is the Tommy Heinsohn. When you're around long enough, you compare everyone to the greats, um, uh, very different characters, right? Very different people. They all, they do things differently. Great players support each other, but. Paul had his lane. He did his thing. KG did his thing. He had his lane. Um, I miss KG's sense of humor from the players, though. Well, there's only one Kevin Garnett, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's only just one said, guy. He just had such a great sense of humor. And, you know, his intensity. You just don't usually see somebody as intense as that mm-hmm. who also – smiles and has as much fun as he does usually that intensity is sort of like better to better to burn out than fade away right and they're really and he's high strong as hell but but he's happy high strong it's a very rare breed and i'm sure he wasn't always happy but 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 he was he just had such uh he had a love for the game and not just the game on the court, but the love for everything around it. it. So it would just be, it would, I guess where I'm going with that is it would be great. Tatum's just not that gregarious, but it would be great if maybe he brought a British sense of humor version of KG to that Brown Tatum duo, right? Cause he's going to be the lighter hearted guy. And and Brown is so serious. Like, look at Brown's face on the court, dude. Oh. I mean, I don't, I don't it's want like to. Like Robert say, Parrish. You want to talk about great? He looks constipated. He, he looks he, like he has to take a uh, turn, like really like, bad. Looks, and I love it. Yeah, I love that intensity. So he's yeah. got KG's intensity. And like I said, we're never going to see like this like outward comedian that KG was out of Tatum. But if but if Tatum could just you know, slip some dry sense of humor, you know, some some sly but, you know, well-meaned snarkiness occasionally or something. It would just – it would really complete the package for me. I think – yeah, I mean, I think that they are I, – I do think that Jason is starting to warm up a little bit. I think they're both still so young that that's they don't have a that lot of it in front of the media and but it's and getting him. there yeah i yeah. think you look at smart and where smart is and i think and smart is certainly a smart ass uh a lot of time and he <laughs> you know he cracks wise and 
you know, all that. He's 26. Yeah, and... he's got the most KG likeness. Yeah. Because he's always – he plays with intensity. And the intensity, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's got – well, the intensity and the smile and the love for the game. and the yes. He's got – you know what? You're right. I can't expect that out of the other two. Smart's, smart's my guy if I'm but looking at but, you know, that's been used as a criticism of those two guys, that they have not had that intensity. They've not been vocal you know, leaders. They've not been the, you know, come on, guys, we got to. But we saw it a couple weeks ago where, you know, uh, Tatum kind of lit into the team there. That uh, Let's see, the Miami game. Uh, was it the Miami game? Uh, no, I think it was the next yeah. game after that. It was, it was, but anyway, where he lit into the team, he's like, you know, come on, guy, you know, and you could see it. And I don't like get into all that. Like, well, obviously he's a leader now, but that's not something you would have seen in years past. You yeah. know, he's 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 taking on that leadership role this year to a much greater degree than ever he could. Uh, and so I I think that's good for the Let team. Let me ask you, did he have that at Duke? Because I really don't even feel that he did that yeah. at Duke. But he, you know, the whole thing with his year at Duke is he broke when he broke his foot or he had the foot injury. Oh, I forgot. The whole year he was kind of like he was just starting to get his game going. You know what I mean? It's like, and that you know they're all freshmen and so yeah, that was it was that was a uh, that was a tough year. Um, I love pointing year. But, oh, I just like, remember I was like I uh, yeah I fell in love with him. I was like I just his high release. I just remember talking about it on this show, like several times through January and February. Yes. Dude's so smooth. He's got such a high release. So smooth. What wouldn't it would wouldn't it just be so awesome? Well, no, it wouldn't be. But you know, we we know it's gonna be Fultz. You know, if we get the first <laughs> pick. But there's like a part of me. I remember saying this, but there's like a part of me that kind of wishes that we don't get that so we can pick this guy instead you know and i'm not you know i know you're diehard duke so you know we can't consider you to be an objective personality in uh, your evaluation of those players and i'm not pro duke or you know pro unc or you know i don't really have any skin i just don't have any skin in the game in the college game, except for, you know, my sister did go to UNC. So there is that. You know, I have a much closer connection to UNC than Duke. But my point is, yeah. you know, when I watch college ball, I literally am just watching the players. I yeah. I have no team. I, don't, I really don't care about the teams. I'm just watching the players. And so I just remember, I just remember that standing out. Now, when it comes to Brown, I never really watched any of his college games. Um, I just watched clips as we got closer to the draft, but uh, I never really did see it. And, you know, honestly, after reading and watching some of the negative clips, I probably would not have had the opinion of Jalen that I did heading into the draft. Um, because for me, I remember it was all about Mark Spears's article, you know, and there was that criticism of maybe he's, you know, got he's too intelligent and too diversified in his uh, you know, interests in the world or whatever stupidity that was. Um, he'd be smart. Yeah, how dare he be? <laughs> how dare he be smart and interested in things other than basketball? Nobody succeeds at anything without immersing themselves 100% into the one thing, you know. And the truth is, is, is he's got enough talent that 
you know, he can do a lot of different things, but all of it comes from him applying himself. And that was it for me. It was the work ethic piece of that. The intelligence piece I thought was so good. But anyway, the point is, is I don't know that I would have had the same impression of Jalen that I did of Jason in watching Jalen's college games. I really don't. It didn't seem like he had had that phenomenal of, you know, a college career at all. Well, Duke was not great that year that Jason played, but they were still a somewhat competent team. Jalen's team might have been one of the all-time most disappointing teams yeah, the in under- the history of college basketball. Who was the center there? Uh, uh, Ivan Rabb. Yeah, right, right. They had, I mean, there was like four, three or four guys on that team that all had uh, potential to go Water- pro. Yeah, yep. And it was, it was so funny because. Well, not funny, but it was, you know, it was somewhat dispiriting for for that team because they really it was expected that they would just kill it and uh, kind of like the Nets. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and that brings us full circle. Full circle. There That's we go. gonna do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can subscribe to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I say Spotify already? Already. Oh, I don't think so. Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify. You know them. Spotify. The Did I mention Spotify? And Spotify. <laughs> don't forget iTunes and Spotify. Spotify, too. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and review because your feedback is important to the show. And for John and myself, thanks for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. <laughs>